Hello and welcome in. Thanks for joining us for the latest edition of the Freire and Smith podcast. We've reached the penultimate week of Sunbelt football in week 12 action kicks off in just three days. Before we get to today's episode, we wanted to tell you about Monday's show. We released our week 11 recap featuring in-depth analysis of this past weekend's biggest games. Kate and I also spent time updating the key storylines heading into Saturday's action. If you missed it, make sure you go back and give it a listen. Today, it's episode 148 of the show, and we're excited to continue our Sunbelt Athlete interview series. Each Wednesday this season, we've been joined by the league's biggest stars. Louisiana's Jacob Cabote stopped by last Wednesday. Today, a school is making a first-time appearance on the show, and we've got a very special grand finale planned for next week. With that said, Caden, why don't you tell us a little bit more about today's special guest? Yeah, no, another episode, another special guest, and it's always particularly special. This is now our second time getting a, a, a new school involved in our student-athlete interview series, and it's our first ever Marshall student-athlete joining us, and it's none other than defensive lineman Owen Porter. It was great getting to meet Owen in person at Sunbelt Media Days this year, and he doubled down with us with another great conversation that I think the listeners will really appreciate, especially just given his authenticity, his story, his background, and how much this Marshall program clearly means to him. Here's a little bit more on Owen. He's a hometown kid who chose to take his talents to Marshall after starring at linebacker for nearby Spring Valley High School. He chose Marshall over multiple other schools, including in-state West Virginia. After three seasons at Marshall, Owen broke out during his redshirt sophomore season in 2021. He finished in the top three in both tackles for losses and sacks that season while starring in Marshall's bowl matchup versus the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. He would then go on to parlay his strong 2021 season into a dominant 2022 season that saw him rank amongst the best defensive ends in not only the Sun Belt, but in all of college football. He had huge games against James Madison. He had a game-sealing interception in the Herd's upset win over Notre Dame and one of the biggest wins in program history. This year, Owen has continued to show his dominance while leading one of the league's best defensive line units. He's proven throughout his career that he bleeds Kelly Green, and now he'll look to guide the Thundering Herd back to their seventh consecutive bowl appearance in the weeks ahead. Well, let's not waste any more time. Marshall's Owen Porter is here. It's time to hear from one of the top game wreckers in the Sun Belt. Well, we are really excited to have Marshall defensive end Owen Porter on the Prairie and Smith podcast. Owen, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule. Yes, sir. Of course. Well, let's jump right in. Owen, you grew up in Huntington, West Virginia. How old were you when you were introduced to football? And what were some of your earliest memories around this beautiful game? Uh, I started playing football. I think I was eight. I was in third grade. Um, I used to play soccer growing up as a kid. And my parents got tired of watching me like tackle and clothesline kids on the soccer field. So uh, my dad ended up moving me to football and loved it ever since. Definitely been successful at it ever since. Great to have you back talking to us, Owen, after talking on media days. But you attended Spring Valley High School, roughly 15 minutes away from Marshall's campus. You were the state's top linebacker as a senior of West Virginia offered you. So did Marshall. What went into your decision to ultimately choose the Thundering Herd as your college of choice? Uh, For me, my decision was uh, largely based on I wanted as many people in my family People to watch me play college football, um, and at the time, this was just the best decision. It's the closest place at home. It's the easiest for um, everybody to be around. Um, it's the easiest for everybody to make it to. 
Now, Owen, growing up in Huntington, was it always a dream to perhaps play for Marshall? Uh, college football wasn't really a thought. Um, we had some guys that played college football from my high school, but really not very many. And so, you know, it was it didn't really become a realization until I was probably a junior in high school when uh, I really started getting looked at for from different schools. Now, you know, at good programs, Owen, you often redshirt your freshman year. I know Caden did at App State. You moved to defensive end that year after playing linebacker, you know, for most of your life. How challenging was that switch of positions early on in your career? And, and what did you learn about yourself during that redshirt season? Yeah, it was that was definitely uh, a huge, huge change for me. Um, moving from middlebacker to defensive end was very hard. Not something I'd push on anybody else. Um, you know, you learn a lot. There's if you've played any college football, normally your freshman year is really rough. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot about yourself and you got to make a lot of really hard decisions and worked out for me in the end. Um, I'm happy that I made that transition. Though. I can definitely attest to some of those tough times as an underclassman on a football team trying to make your name Owen. But you appeared in 20 games in your first two seasons of your career, but then your redshirt sophomore year in 2021 is when you made that real impact. You finished with 10.5 TFLs, four sacks, plus you had that amazing breakout performance in the New Orleans Bowl. How rewarding was that first taste of kind of finally at the D1 level, having that success that you probably imagined, I'm sure, as a high schooler? No, that felt great. Um, going into that season, uh, Coach Huff's first year, I knew I had put in a significant amount of work. Um, I knew I could play uh, Division One football. I knew I could play well. And so just to see that come to fruition uh, was of, of great sigh of relief, to be honest, um, to know that all that hard work didn't just go to waste. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can imagine just the, the years of training, you want to have that success and to finally see it come, it has to feel good. Oh, and let's talk about last year. That was your true breakout season. You finished with nine and a half sacks. You had, you know, some big games against James Madison and Marshall fans will remember the Notre Dame game. It culminates ultimately in you earning first team all Sunbelt honors. What are you going to remember most about that 2022 season? Uh, say biggest takeaways for me from last year are winning a bowl game. Uh, I'd won one bowl game before, but I didn't play in that game. So nice to get one and to get a ring that's uh, I had a part of uh, playing in. And then just a lot of the memories I made with those guys. Uh, that was one of my first years that we were like a big transfer portal team. So I got to, you know, we had a lot of new guys in our room and it was a lot of fun. Uh, love those guys to death. And I mean, obviously the Notre Dame win, right? Biggest win for our school. And who knows how long, probably since we beat South Carolina or NC State or Clemson. So, you know, you'll always be remembered by that. Yeah, you touched on that Notre Dame win, Owen. Obviously a huge win, and you had a huge moment in that game with a critical interception in the fourth quarter. How much did that win, do you, would you say, meant to you, meant to your teammates, the program, the Marshall community, just all of it encapsulated in that one, that big moment for you guys? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was awesome. We know that when we are firing on all cylinders, we can play with pretty much anybody, and that just kind of proved it to us. Um, you know, that's something we kind of preach to the guys now. Uh, we, If we can play a complete game, then, you know, we can play with the best of them. Hey, Vi, have you had any of your meals paid for after that interception in that game? No, no, nothing paid for, nothing paid for. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe in years to come. But, 
You know, yeah. last year ended with that bowl win. You mentioned it. Then in middle January, you make the decision to return for a sixth season. Oh, and why was it important for you to stay for this one final season at Marshall? Yeah, uh, that was the whole thing in itself. I didn't realize that I needed to tell everyone that I was coming back after I never said that I was leaving. <laughs> so that was the whole thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wanted to finish it out with my brothers. Uh, I grew up with two sisters. The guys that are here, I'm the youngest in my whole family. Grew up with two brothers. Uh, these guys are the closest thing I have. Two two brothers, uh, Dalton Tucker, Stephen Fauche, some of these boys. Uh, they'll be my friends for life. I already know. You know, one day when I get married, they're going to be standing right there beside me. So there's nobody I'd rather play for. And then Coach Huff, uh, Coach Street, uh, great coaches. They do a phenomenal job of teaching you how to be a good man. And so, you know, it was a no-brainer to stay here. Yeah, oh, and I remember being in similar circumstances when the COVID year hit and, you know, extra year of eligibility and just talking to your close teammates, your guys that are like your brothers who are going to be in your weddings one day and who are that important. Just playing another year with those guys is definitely a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So glad you got to embrace that. But you talked about playing for Coach Huff. You also played for Lance Gidry last season. He now is gone. You bring in Jason Seymour as a defensive coordinator to run the defense. What was the biggest adjustment for you and maybe your teammates having to adjust to Coach Seymour's defensive scheme in the offseason culminating to this year? Yeah, I mean, not everybody calls the game the same way. Um, not everybody sees everything the same way. So, you know, where Coach Gidry might want to pressure or run a different play uh, through one scheme or one look, uh, Coach Seymour might want to run something else. So, you know, it's just learning what what they're comfortable in in the defense and then, you know, how comfortable is our defense in playing um, that scheme, right? Because not everything's going to work for us that um, worked last year because we're not the same players and not everything that new that we bring in is going to work just because of who we have now, right? So, you know, we're kind of balancing between the two. Oh, and we've reached the important part of this program. Uh, you've had 19 sacks in your career. You've had five this season. You've become known for this iconic sack celebration that you have. Tell us kind of the origin story behind that sack celebration. So it, it came from a state championship my senior year. We are in the warm-up lines for wrestling. I'd already got done warming up. Um, my I'm literally standing there waiting to get my name called out. And our assistant coach um, was standing there. And so the year before, the kid I had wrestled in the championship had ran out. When they called his name, he, like, took his shirt off, and he had a Superman flag on. And so that was kind of just like a running joke. And so they were like, all right, if you win, you got to do something funny. Like, you got to do some kind of celebration or something. And so we were standing there in the line, and my assistant coach just did that on the spot. And – it's just stuck ever since. That's some great insight. I love that we got to learn and pull back the curtain on that celebration that's now become iconic. I'm sure that coach is going to come crawling eventually when your NFL career takes off and you use that celebration for a trademark. But you were active in the backfield as well against James Madison. Oh, and that was a, a great hard-fought battle for you guys. But after the game, you felt the need to address some some negative fan behavior that was in your home stadium against your offense, against your teammates. And that's been a topic on the, this show commonly as far as fans behaving, what's right and what's wrong. Why did you feel the need to come to the defense of your team in that moment? And what do you think that message sent to the program? I mean, I feel like I needed to come, you know, eventually somebody's going to have to say it. Uh, they booed us whenever we were only down three points going in half. Um, you got a young quarterback who's 
you know, he hasn't even played two full seasons yet. Um, you know, football, obviously, if you've played it, especially at this level, it takes a toll. Nobody, you know, Caden can attest, nobody is harder on you than you are on yourself. So having everybody else that's already trying to knock you down at that time um, just makes it harder for, like, guys like us to lift our teammates up. You know, you guys don't need to help um, a kid that's already kicking himself. You know, don't kick him more. Don't, you know, kick him further down. Um, I think the true fans for our uh, four Marshall really stood up. Um, I got a lot of texts, a lot of messages, uh, appreciating what I said. Um, not very many people were negative about it. Um, I mean, I understand the, the fan side. Obviously, they want to see us win, right? If I come to a game whenever I'm older, obviously I want to see them win. But, you know, I just don't think people fully grasp what we go through every day and, and how much harder we are on ourselves than anybody else can ever be. Yeah, I think that's some great perspective. I know Caden, a couple episodes ago, shared a, just a similar sentiment, mentioning that, you know, he remembers the bad plays more than the good plays. And I think that's exactly what you've said and that no student athlete is, they're all, you guys are all extremely hard on yourself. Oh, and in that game last weekend, running back Rasheen Ali had one of these classic games that we've come to expect from him. Three more touchdowns, 165 yards on the, on the ground. Between having to practice against this guy for years and being able to watch him throughout his career, tell us what makes Rasheen Ali such a special running back. The kid can run, that's for sure. Uh, he's blazing fast. Um, he's great vision in the hole. Does uh, a great job breaking tackles, especially first contact. Um, but he's also just patient, right? Sometimes, uh, I know Coach Lockett, our running back coach, uh, stays on top of him. You know, you're not going to break every single run, and sometimes it might be the 15th run of the game before it's a long run. But, you know, he does a good job of uh, staying confident and grinding them out until he's able to finally break one, just like Saturday. Yeah, we've talked on this program about how you might get Rasheen in the first quarter a little bit. You might stop him at the line of scrimmage a couple of times, but eventually he does wear on you trying to tackle that guy. So definitely hear it. Definitely hear it. great to hear it come out of your mouth as well, Owen. It was the last couple, the last couple weeks of the season have been tough, but this past weekend, you and your teammates were able to pick up that big win over Georgia Southern. You were playing for the 75, and later today, you'll honor those 75 at a special memorial, memorial ceremony. You grew up in Huntington. You're familiar with the area and the culture. Could you maybe speak on the impact that that event had on you personally and how, what it's going to mean to honor them later today? Yeah. Um, we always say the 75 game is unlike any other game in college football. Um, no matter where you go, uh, nobody has our story. Um, nobody's been through anything similar. Um, if you've never been to a 75 game, I highly recommend it. Um, there's just something in the air for those games. And then the ceremony, <coughs> which is always on the 14th, um, is a wonderful experience. Uh, this will be my sixth time now. Um, it is – it's a blessing to get to be out there. Um, we get to walk the families down. Um you get to place your rows on the on the on the memorial. Um, you really get to see how much uh, it really impacted not only our community but specific families, um, people who are cousins and and grandchildren, and you know all the way down lineage lines still come back for the ceremony. Um, so it just it means a great deal to our community. There's there's going to be a great great amount of people out here uh, in the next. 30 minutes. So it's a wonderful experience for sure. 
Yeah, I know it's definitely something that Kate and I hope to to make it to at some point that seventy five game, and then even you know this ceremony that takes place on the fourteenth each year. Oh, and let's jump off the field real quick. Last year, the Thunder Trust was founded to help provide some NIL opportunities for martial athletes. You've been very involved early on. What has their support and more broadly the support of the martial fan base meant to you and your teammates? Yeah, um, the Thunder Trust, that's great for us. As somebody who had to work a job the first couple of years of college uh, in the summertime to make sure I can pay bills, to make sure you can eat. All right, Caden can attest that town check does not go far. Once them bills <laughs> and that rent's paid, you ain't, you don't have much left. Uh, <laughs> so the Thunder Trust and our fans do a great job. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, and I don't think people understand that, you know, fully. At Marshall, we don't have, you know, a Kale Williams or an Arch Manning or somebody who's getting paid, you know, a million dollars. Right. Our guys are maybe getting a couple hundred bucks the, uh, for the month that just help you get by to – you know, to eat, right? Because we have to eat as healthy as possible and, you know, to keep your body up, to keep you from getting hurt. So that money just helps us, you know, in the long run. No, definitely appreciate that perspective, Owen. I remember when I was playing, you you see the Caleb Williams on commercials, on Dr. Pepper commercials. Those are the NIL athletes that people often talk about, but they don't talk about the Sunbelt student athletes who are struggling a little bit more and who that money means a lot more to. So appreciate sharing that perspective. But you'll be chasing a bag this offseason, likely. I know you're focused on this season, but the NFL is a dream of yours. You'll have a chance to pursue that. Could you just tell the people, the listeners, and NFL team what they would be getting with Owen Porter on their roster on Sundays? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Not great at talking about myself, but um, I pride myself on being a very hardworking individual. Um, that's just the way I grew up. My family's very blue collar. My dad's uh, worked at a power plant his whole life, and you know, gets up before dawn and comes home whenever the sun goes down. Um, so I just kind of pride myself on that. Um, fairly smart. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm super intelligent, but. Uh, I do a good job. I work really hard at it. I study film. Um, I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are. And so I know how to, you know, work against those and and really use my strengths to my advantage. Oh, and I've got, you know, we're going to have a few rapid fire questions in a moment. But before we get to those and we'll get you out of here quickly, you know, you're a Huntington kid. You've played at Marshall now for six seasons. How do you want to be remembered by this fan base when your thundering herd career comes to an end? It's a very good question. Um, I don't know. I've never thought about that. I I would say I would just I would want to be remembered as somebody who honored the M the right way. Um, you know, you hear from the guys that won all the championships in the '90s and how important the school was to to our community then, and I want to be remembered like those guys. You know, I want to be when they're talking about the best defensive players that have come through our school. You know, I want to be in that conversation. Definitely good stuff. Owen. I think on the field and off the field, you've definitely cemented your legacy and made your mark on the program. Well, like Noah said, we're going to hit you with quick three rapid fire questions. That sound good to you? Yes, sir. Question number one, why does Owen Porter wear number 55? What's the significance? Ooh, I wear number 55 because really because Joey Porter, he wore, uh, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I was a huge Steelers fan. Uh, when I moved to defensive end, my dad was like, hey, you got to change your number. Uh, Troy Palma was a safety. 
you're not dropping back into coverage really anymore. He's like, you're going to have to change your number. So I moved to 55. He was just my second favorite player growing up. Shout out to Joey Porter. Second question. We know you're a Huntington guy, so this is the best question for you. What is the best activity or thing to do in Huntington? Uh, not really a whole lot to do around here if you're coming as a tourist. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't really get out uh, outside of going out to my parents' house. <laughs> um, I reckon going down uh, for like any of our sporting events downtown. Uh, the soccer games are phenomenal, that's for sure. That's probably the only other thing outside of the basketball games that I get outside to do. And last one, and maybe the post important question, Owen Porter, what is your favorite pass rush move? Uh, whatever one gets me the sack, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great answer, Owen. I uh, really have enjoyed this uh, first martial athlete on the podcast. Uh, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule and certainly wish you and your teammates uh, best of luck the rest of the season as you guys chase bowl eligibility. I appreciate it. Caden, what a great conversation there with Owen Porter. You and I both agreed when we talked after that interview. We appreciated the authenticity and just his, you know, talking about things and answering questions that I'm not sure he had ever thought about before. Yeah, I think being present and being in the moment is one of the greatest traits that student athlete or any athlete at any level can have. And I think the fact that Owen hadn't really thought about his legacy ever, ever. His um, mindset has just clearly been on a week-to-week basis, getting his work done, improving, and just doing everything he can for this Marshall team. I think that really showed a lot about his character as an athlete, his character as a person. And it's clear he's a straight shooter. He always keeps it honest with us. But I think asking him a question about his legacy just said a lot as far as him not really expecting that, what he means to this program and what this program, I think, means to him as well. Caden, speaking of straight shooter, I think we broke some news on the Frarian Smith podcast or at least delved into a topic that has not been discussed, and that was his sack celebration. He gave us a great answer, and we officially know how the famous Owen Porter sack celebration came about. Yeah, it was definitely cool to learn that little origin story. And I I stand by what I said. I think if I was the one who came up with any type of celebration, the Owen Porter celebration, any iconic celebration that we see in any sport, I would definitely be looking for maybe a 5%, 10% of any any royalties that come in the future if that celebration is ever in this new era of NIL and the professional level. If Owen's able to capitalize on that, that'd be great. So great story from him for sure. Kane also really just appreciated the perspective he provided on you know, playing for the 75 on Saturday against Georgia Southern, the ceremony that he uh, attended yesterday, uh, just really impactful talking about what that means to the Marshall community. Definitely. And it's a story and maybe not a tradition that everyone knows about across college football and across all sports. But I think just hearing about how it actually is in the moment during those special times, those sacred times, it seems like in that hunting community that clearly means a lot to him was greatly, definitely great to hear. And I think both of us are definitely going to try to make it a mission one day to be a part of that and see it for ourselves because it definitely sounds like a special opportunity that gave me goosebumps just listening to him share his experience with it. Well, that's going to do it for another great episode of the Prairie and Smith podcast. Again, we'd like to say a special thank you to Marshall's Owen Porter as well as Associate AD Grant Trailer for helping make this interview happen. Before you go, don't forget that we'll be back with another episode tomorrow, Kate, and we've got a special one. We're releasing a special preview of Saturday's Clash of Titans between James Madison and App State. It's going to feature two former star quarterbacks, Todd Santeo and Chase Bryce, are both coming back on the Frarian Smith podcast to talk about this big game. You're not going to want to miss it. That'll do it for us here at the Frarian Smith podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, drop us a five-star rating on the way out. Tell us what you liked about the show 
or what we could be doing better. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Frary. We really appreciate you spending time with us today. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon.